It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf expert, the golf fanatic, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This week, we have the U.S. Open. This one will be played at Torrey Pines in California. Last year's champion, Bryson DeChambeau, he's going to return this year as the second favorite at 15-1. to 1. John Rahm right now listed as the favorite at pretty much every book, right around 10-1. to 1. I see some shops out there, Uncle Dave, that have him as low as 9-1. to 1. So the books, they obviously think that Rahm is the clear favorite, uh, followed by Bryson, DJ, Xander. Uh, all those guys are right around 15 or 17-1 to 1 as your second favorites. Uncle Dave, last week, uh, you did rather well. And we went back to the Doc Redman first-round leader. Uh, we cashed that ticket there last year. But old Doc Redman, he got passed out there by a guy with the last name of Roach. I'm not sure how that made you feel there, Uncle Dave. You were well on your way to cashing that ticket. But once you saw Roach pass out Redman, how'd you feel about how that all went down? Obviously, I was kind of pissed. I mean, that would have been a nice ticket to cash. But the thing there, Sleepy, is he would have been tied with I think maybe three other guys, so it wouldn't have paid out 66 to 1. I mean, it would have been good for the ego, but it wouldn't have, it wasn't a great bankroll loss. Uh, the only thing I wish is, you know, Roach was like the 426th ranked golfer in the world. You know, I wished it would have been somebody like Rory or Dustin Johnson or whoever that would have just passed him, and then you would have said, hey, yeah, oh, well, that was kind of expected. So I think Roach shot like a – like a nine over the next day. I think he started out with two bogeys in the first two holes. So I think that pissed me off even more that he didn't continue. He just he just fell apart like I kept expecting him to. But you know, and and one of his one of his eagles was a hundred and five yard or so hole out on a on a par five. So you know, just one of those things. But you know, I, I got a little pissed because I wanted everybody else to make a little bit of money. But as I said, they were. Three or four guys tied, so it wouldn't have paid out an astronomical lot, a lot of money. It would have been good for tout purposes, but the reality is next. He's on the 17th green right now, having a little trouble closing out his day. I think that, you know, every now and again, you know, in this sports betting kind of world, you get these guys who have no business being there, you know, golfing, uh, you know, the round of their life or you know, throwing that gem on the mound, you know, it just happens from time to time. And unfortunately, uh, you were on the wrong side of that one. But I thought you gave out one hell of a pick. And as I told you guys in the last podcast, you know, I was laying there thinking about, you know, playing Doc Redmond first round leader and Uncle Dave actually beat me to it. So for the new listeners, here's how we're going to go ahead. We'll do this. We'll do our first round leaders, make and miss the cut head to heads, top 40s through our top fives. And of course, Uncle Dave and I, We'll go ahead and we'll give out our winners. Uncle Dave, before we go ahead and get into the podcast and we go and we give out all our wagers, you know, what do you make of John Rahm? He's the favorite now. And if you go back and you look at what happened to him in the last event, uh, he gets taken out. He's in third round leader, minus 18, tested positive for COVID. And if you saw the videos, you saw his reaction. It was not good. Uh, he did not look happy. So I'm just curious where you think his mindset is coming into you know this particular major. Well, he's probably motivated, and you know, I, I, part of me wonders how much of that uh, nine to one he is is people betting that he's just going to pick up where he left off or be amped up. And 
you know, I wouldn't bet anyone nine to one to win the tournament, just not enough value there. But I think that could work far more against him. You know, he, he could be a little pissed and, it, you know, that can give you an edge. I did read today where he had said, I think somebody asked him about last week and, you know, should he have been taken out of the tournament and because he had been vaccinated, but it had been not, not, not outside the 14 days. And he was like, well, the toy did what it did and, and did what it had to do. So, you know, I'm not sure that he totally agreed with that, which might make him a little jacked. But as you know, in any sport, you can be too jacked. So, you know, I think Ram has the demeanor that he's, he, he could do very well, but I wouldn't want to bet on that, to be honest with you. All right. So with all that said, Uncle Dave, let me follow up with this question. The odds right now, Rom 10 to 1, and the next guys are like 15, 17 to 1. That seems like a sizable gap to me, you know, from the favorite to, you know, the second place guy. Does that does that seem a little bit fishy to you by any chance? Yeah. I mean, I think that only goes to, to tell you that Rom's taken all the money because of what people have seen uh, last week, because, you know, they, they don't want any more Rom money. They want Xander money, they want Brooks money, they want anybody but Rom to, to go ahead and win now. I mean, I think the books are probably Rom heavy uh, and probably overly exposed. That's why they keep lowering the number to make it less attractive for people to take. So, you know, in one sense, it surprises me that, you know, statistically or, or yada, 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 that he is that much of a favorite. But in the other sense, it's not surprising at all because that's where everybody's putting their money right now. And as you know, this is almost kind of like a, a paramutual wager type thing here. So, you know, again, I think the books are the books would probably right now wish for anybody but Rom to win. I'm sure they're probably, as of right now anyway, exposed. Yeah, I noticed you mentioned Xander and their books hoping that they'll go ahead and get some Xander money. They're not gonna get any of my money on Xander. I'm not betting that guy anymore. Every time I bet him, it seems like, you know, there's a there's a chance he could go out and have a really good event and uh and it just never happens for me, so I'm 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 done betting that guy. But when we go ahead and talk about some of the bets we are going to make here for the U.S. Open, there, Uncle Dave, we got our first round leaders. Uh, as you had mentioned last week, Doc Redmond comes up just a little bit short, so I'm guessing you're a little bit pissed yourself there, Uncle Dave, looking to go ahead rebound first round leader. Who you got? I got a few guys. I'm going to spread the risk around. The first one's Jason Cockrock. Um, he's fifty to one as a first round leader, and I like that bet far better than sixty to one to win the tournament. You know, here's another great putter, which is something I'll never look away from. And look at some of his first rounds at the Charles Schwab, which he won, shot a 65. He opened with a 67 at the Valspar, 65 in New Orleans. If you want to go all the way back to Hawaii, he opened the Sony Open with a 62. So, you know, there is that. Uh, Abraham answer at 45 to one. You know, just look at his last nine stroke play events. He's finished no worse than 26, which was actually at Augusta. He was second at Wells Fargo, eighth at the PGA. And in his last two stroke event rounds, which were at the Charles Schwab, he shot back-to-back 67. So, you know, he made the cut in the last four majors, uh, played in one with the T10. Although I, don't, I do worry that he hasn't won on tour, uh, which means Sunday could be a challenge. But then again, that's why I'm not betting him to win the tournament. You know, he's not long, but he's accurate. Third in driving accuracy, 12th in greens and regulation. So probably also going to bet him plus 140, top 20 in there, and maybe a little on – Minus 225 to make the cut since he hasn't missed a major cut this year. Um, Higo, my man, first-round leader, you know, 66-1. Uh, to 1. Uh, I had him to make the cut in his first PGA event before anyone knew who he was, and 
sadly played him only to make the cut last week. So big time sigh there for me. I think if it were six months from now, I might be less inclined to make this bet just because of the expectations might be higher. But I think right now he is just unconscious. Uh, and of course, I'm going to take my boy Brian Harmon at 80 to 1. I can't not. I don't think he can win because I don't think he uh, has enough length but he, to, you know, to sustain himself for four days. But he was T2 in the U.S. Open, and he was T12 in Augusta. Made the cut in 18 to 20 events this year, four top 10s. Uh, and except for 75 in the first round of the PGA, he's been in the 60s in the first round, five of his last six starts. So I'm also going to throw him in at uh, a plus 150 T30 and maybe a pizza bet to make the cut. And I will stop there and yield to Sleepy. All right, good stuff there from Uncle Dave. Plenty of guys to go ahead and choose from. I'm going to give you guys two to choose from here. First one, I'm going to go with here, Uncle Dave. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Fee now. You guys can go ahead and check the stats. You know, he's been really good here at Torrey Pines. Four top tens, and Fee now hasn't finished outside of the top 25 in like eight trips at Torrey Pines. You know, he knows what it takes to go ahead and have a chance to win these type of things. I feel like getting off early for Tony is going to be the key for him this time around. Many of the winners at Torrey Pines showed some really good first-round scores, and I believe Fina knows he has to have a good first-round score. Uh, right now, he's 13 in strokes gained. I think he's actually live to go ahead and win this thing, but he's going to have to go ahead and press a little bit early, and I feel like this year, he might actually go ahead and try to do that. And Fina's been hanging around. You know, he's been quiet, you know, rather this year, uh, 14th in the world golf rankings, and, you know, the last two majors he's been in, he's T8 and T10, so... Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll use him in this spot. Tony Finau, first round leader at 37 to one. And let me give you an 80 to one there, Uncle Dave, uh, to go ahead and be our first round leader. Ryan Palmer, I figure, why not? You know, he shot really well here a 66, uh, 67, like five times, 68 a couple of times and a 62. Let me go ahead and repeat that a 62. And he's been very good here um, as well. You know, a couple of top tens, a couple of top 20s. And he's been here only like five or six times. So I feel like, you know, that's enough experience here at this particular course. So I'm definitely going to go ahead and use him. And just like Finau, he has to know uh, that you have to go ahead and post at least a good first round score uh, to probably go ahead and win this thing. And I believe he probably has the ability to go ahead and do that. So you can get Ryan Palmer. Actually, you can get him at 90 to 1. I think at FanDuel, I think it's 80 to 1 uh, at DraftKings. So make sure you guys go ahead and shop around. Uh, for those first round leaders, make and miss the cut here, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll start this one out. I believe you used him last week or the week before, and I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go back to your guy, Sam Burns. Now, we cast some tickets with Sam Burns, but look, for him to go ahead and mix the cut, it's plus 135. And his form, you know, since the Valspar and really, I guess, maybe the Byron Nelson, uh, it just hasn't been good. And he hasn't been golfing a whole hell of a lot either. The tee time for me is a little bit worrisome. He's going to end up teeing off here later in the day, and he's with the last six or seven groups that are going out. And the pairing is also a concern for me as well. He's going to be paired up with Chan Kim and Thomas Detry. You know, those guys are 100, 150 to 1 to go in and win this thing. And I just don't feel that the late tee time, the guys he's paired with, and the overall golf that he's been golfing for the last couple events, and I guess you could say the layoff, it just doesn't set up for Burns to go ahead and have a strong tournament here. So that's what I'm going to do there, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to fade Burns. I'm going to play him to go ahead and miss the cut at plus 135. You got any making miss the cuts for this week? Making miss the cuts. Uh, yeah, I think we can scroll down here and find one. Lee Westwood, minus 25 to make the cut. Now, this is a guy that's played in so many majors. 
He's made the cut in five straight U.S. Opens. He actually finished T13 in last year's Open. You know, he just married his girlfriend, who's also his caddy. So I can imagine him playing pretty damn loose. You know, he's 48. I could never take him to win. But I think Lee Westwood, minus 125 to make the cut, is a bargain. All right, well, there you guys go. Uncle Dave there, Lee Westwood. I saw him at the uh, at the Golden Knights game the other night. They showed him on there. I didn't know he got married, but I do like your reference that he'll probably be pretty loose. All right, so with our making Mr. Cuts out of the way, let's jump into our head-to-heads. Uncle Dave, I have one here. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run first on your head-to-head, who you have. Well, I got a guy I think you're going to talk about, uh, Phil Mickelson. Um, even money over Justin Rose, I-, I think Phil just comes out fired up, loose as a goose, and I, I think that's a great price. A guy I used a little earlier, Abraham Answer, minus 120 over Will Zalatoris. I do not dislike Will Zalatoris, but I do like Answer this week. And, you know, Zalatoris may be kind of uh, coming down off that high he had when, when he was playing really well. And Tommy Fleetwood, guy I haven't used lately, I think you have. Um, I like him. I got to put him somewhere, and I may, I may use him somewhere else. But minus 115 over Leishman. And Leishman's another guy, is a guy I've actually seen people picking him to win. Very possible. But I like Fleetwood at minus 115 over Leishman. I just think that, again, uh, is a great price. So those are three that I'm going to play that I think are, are reasonable prices. You know, I've kind of looked at, at the pairings and the tee times and yada, yada, yada. And those were the ones that I could say, yes, I will definitely bet. All right, good stuff there from Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play one here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to play Charlie Hoffman over Sergio Garcia. Now, you do have to pay a little bit for this one. You get this right around minus 135. But I just feel like it's really hard for me not to make this particular bet. You know, Hoffman's been really good this season. And Sergio, for whatever the case might be, when it comes to majors, he just absolutely stinks. Uh, He's missed a cut in like, what, like 10 out of 12 or 11 out of 13 or something like that. I don't know if it's the big bright lights. But for me, you know, Hoffman and Garcia right now, um, they're not worth, you know, even money. They're not even worth, you know, minus 140. Uh, so right now, Charlie Hoffman minus 137, 135. I feel like those are pretty good odds. And I don't know if this is even true. If you guys can go and look at this and, and try to find this out. But I don't think Sergio's ever golfed at Torrey Pines before, at least in an event. I just found that crazy. And if he hasn't been here before, then I really like this bet because Hoffman has been here before. And he's actually hasn't golfed, you know, terrible at this particular venue. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Charlie Hoffman over Sergio Garcia in a head-to-head uh, minus 135. Let's jump into our top 40s, top 20s, top 5s, whatever we got here. I'll give you a top 40 here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go and I'm going to play Corey Connors minus 110. Connors has two top 40 finishes here in two visits. And he's only been cut once in the last 21 events that he's golfed in. His game, I, I'll say it's tailed off just a little bit after he had that very good April and very good March. But I feel like his price is still good enough here to go ahead and land inside the top 40. So I'll go ahead. I'll do that, Uncle Dave. Corey Connors, minus 110 to land in the top 40. Now, I do have a top 20 here. I'll save it for a minute here. But what do you got for your top 40s, 20s, 10s, 5s? What are you looking at? Yeah, I got a bunch of guys, Sleepy. I'm going to go ahead and give the people their money's worth on this podcast. Um, and uh, to your point, Corey Connors, he's one of them. You know, he's already got a tour win. He's had seven top tens, yada, yada, yada. Like uh, the downside here is the missed cut in the last three U.S. Opens. The upside is the T10 at the Masters, uh, and PGA was T17. With that said, you know, I can't go full Monty here to, to win, but, you know, I bet him plus 140 
uh, for top 30. Uh, so I am, I'm going to second that pick. Scotty Scheffler, um, obvious knock here. He doesn't have a tour win yet, so taking him to win uh, might be a stretch. We know Danny Willett uh, had his first tour win as a major in Augusta. I think Schwartzel did it in Augusta. So it's not setting a precedent, but it hasn't happened in the U.S. Open uh, for about 12 years. I think Graham McDowell did it. Uh, but interestingly enough, that was at Pebble Beach, so you just never know. But Scheffler, for not having won, is the 17th rank golfer in the world. He's a great driver of the ball. He doesn't do anything exceptionally well, but he doesn't have a lot of holes. So I bet him minus 120, top 30. Um, another favorite of yours, Sleepy Xander Shoffley. Um, I love good putters and, and guys that don't miss greens. He's ninth in shots game putting, 11th in greens in regulation. He's finished no worse than sixth in four U.S. Open. So at 15 to one, I'm not sure how much real value there is to win. I'm going to wait and see maybe if I can get better odds after the first or second round. Uh, but I don't know how you don't bet him. Top 10 at plus 160. Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, obvious knock here is if he hasn't won. Uh, but he does keep the ball in the fairway, and he is 14th in shots gained. You know, his Achilles heel uh, could be his approach shots. Uh, it could be costly in an open with sizable penalties for minor issues. You know, I think 50 to 1, the win is about right. Uh, but I just don't think he's a horse for this course. But as the 21st ranked golfer in the world, I got to find room somewhere. He had a great weekend in South Carolina. We did cash a top 10 ticket on him last week. But I mean, how much energy does that drain from him? And how much extra Torrey Pines practice does it cut into? So I'm going to use him even money uh, at, at top 30. He's plus 160, top 20, but I'm not greedy. Uh, another guy, one more, Patrick Reed. You know, here's a guy that won a major. Uh, and since 2018, he's just missed two cuts in majors. And the U.S. Open isn't one of them. In fact, his lowest major finish since 2018 was a T32 at the U.S. Open in 2019. He was fourth here at 18, 13th in 2019. You know, he's arguably the best putter on tour, seventh in shots gained total. So I can't not use him somewhere. Uh, 25 to 1 to win has some merit. 33 to 1 first round leader I like a little better. Uh, but if he's a few shots off, maybe a better win price live. Uh, but I will bet him even money for top 20. All right. Good stuff there, Uncle Dave. You should have seen my eye roll when you mentioned Xander there. And the fact that I'm not going to bet him this week, Uncle Dave, you're probably holding a pretty good ticket. Let me give you guys another top 20 that I have, a guy that I already mentioned, uh, Tony Fino. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use him. Uncle Dave, you know, you and I, we talked about Fino time and time again about how he fails to go ahead and close on Sunday. And the only reason that he fails to close on Sunday is because, you know, he's in the top 20, top 10, top five. And you can, you, you know, you can argue all you want uh, about, you know, how he closes, but you know he finds himself in that top 20, top 10 area uh, quite a bit. And I feel like he's alive. I feel like his game right now, as I mentioned, is it's just nice and quiet right now. He's just going out there doing his kind of thing. I do think he's live to go ahead and win but I'm just worried about that. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him top 20 and he could get that at minus 110. Let's jump into our winners here. Uncle Dave, I have four and let me go ahead and give you a quick one because you already have mentioned this guy, Jason, you like to call him cock rack. I like to call him coke crack. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use him 55 to one. He's been solid. He's got a few wins under his belt this season and he's just simply doesn't miss the cut. You know, a bunch of top tens this year and he does have some reasonable, you know, top 20 finishes at this particular venue. 
and maybe this is just his time, you know, and I'm, you know, going back to using him. I use him a couple of times. You use him a couple of times. And I think that eventually he's going to hit somewhere, some, somehow. And I just feel like he's golfing well, and maybe he's just a little bit underrated for this particular course uh, at this particular time. So I'll go ahead. I'll give him out. Uncle Dave, 55 to one on your boy, Jason Cockrack and my boy, Jason Cockrack. Uh, 55 to one. What do you got for your winners? And then I'll give out my, uh, my three remaining that I have. Yeah. I mean, if I have to pick a favorite Kepka, I think his miscut at the Palmetto is something I look at as a positive. It, it gives him a couple extra days practice and acclimate. Secondly, he's probably pound for pound one of the strongest players on tour. Uh, and third, he's won the open twice. I and mean, I think you need strength uh, because we know what the rough's like. And, you know, that's, you know, Bryson was in the rough last year quite a bit and he was just strong enough to hit some ridiculous shots. Um, so, you know, if you look at, at Kepka's shots gained in many categories, he's in the top 20. He doesn't have any weaknesses. Um, and he was second at Torrey Pines in 2019. He's the fifth favorite, which is somewhat shocking. So I, at 19 to 1, I had to. Uh, Webb Simpson made the cut in his last four majors with two top 10s. He's 13th in greens in regulation, 13th in shots gained putting, 10th in shots gained around the green, 7th in driving accuracy, 4th in scoring average, Fifth in sand saves. Okay, I mean, I mean, how do you not? He he won the U.S. Open already. He won the Players Championship. So Sunday jitters are less likely to be problematic. You know, I guess this is one of those. How do you not use him somewhere, especially when you add in that he was T8 at Wingfoot last year? You know, he's twenty-five to one. He's the eighth-ranked golfer in the world. How is a guy with that pedigree at that price? So uh, that's one. Uh, Colin Morikawa. He's twenty-five to one. Uh, and it's climbing, actually, but he's the fourth-ranked golfer in the world with four PGA wins, including a major. I, I think this line is a reflection of recency bias because the last thing everyone saw was him losing to Cantlay in a playoff. But if you look further, he's eighth in shots gained total, first in shots gained on approach. I know the weakness and the knock on him has been his putting, and, and that's a fact. But he grew up in Southern Cal. I think he was born in L.A., played golf in Stanford. So if there are greens he should know, uh, then this is probably where they are. So those are the three guys I picked to win. And I think what's interesting is, guys, I didn't even mention, uh, you know, you mentioned Rom. I haven't used Bryson. I just don't like him. Uh, Thomas Space, DJ, Rory Fowler, Paul Casey, Hovland, Neiman. Uh, I didn't mention Finau. Uh, and to your Finau pick, um, you know, we know he's got the talent. And this afternoon he moves. He's got shorter odds than Justin Thomas right now. So, you know, the list of guys we didn't mention is as solid as the guys we did, but you're going to get that in the U.S. Open, and, and any one of those guys we did not mention are quite capable. But, you know, those are just, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere, uh, and that's where I did. But uh, it's for information purposes only, Sleepy. You know, a lot of those top guys are Uncle Dave I looked at, and I thought to myself, like, these guys are all alive to go in and win. And – Finau, just to me, he looked like he looked like probably one of the better bets. I do have one that you did mention, but here's one that we didn't mention. I think you, you kind of have to at least mention it. Uh, not sure if you guys want to bet it. I'm going to pizza bet it. I'm going to throw a 10 or $20 bill on Phil Mickelson. Look, he's got a major win already this season. I don't know where that came from or how that happened, but we know the story is that he hasn't won a U.S. Open. And this particularly isn't his strong course. Uh, he hasn't really finished all that great here, but... Look, I don't want to be that guy that's sitting on the sideline if Phil wins this thing and, and we end up Monday morning with, you know, where is, where's Phil at in the greatest golfers of all time? Da, 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 da. And 
you know, he's come back and he's won two majors and this, that, and the other. And, you know, we missed out on him a while back when he was what, like a hundred to one. Yeah. He's 70 to one to win this one, but look for 10 or 20 bucks, I'll go ahead. I'll throw the money on there. At least I could say I had the ticket. Um, again, it's a pizza bet. It's not, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a bet that I'm, you know, really, you know, anxiously looking forward to cashing, um, because I, I don't think it probably will, but I just want to have that ticket in my pocket. Let me throw a long shot at you here, Uncle Dave. I'm not sure what you think about this one, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Carlos Ortiz at 110 to one. Uh, this guy's been pretty good and I feel like he has a pretty decent pairing uh, to go ahead and start out with Lanto Griffin and Zach Johnson. So I'll go ahead. I'll give him out as my long shot. And then my chalk guy, I'm taking Morikawa here, Uncle Dave, 25 to one. So we're both seeing this guy uh, the same here. He's got an early tee time. He's paired up with Brooks and Justin Thomas. I don't think this particular course is going to require you to go ahead and be long off the tee. And that's something that he's not really, you know, exceptionally well at. But the second shot, I think that's going to be important. And I don't know if I want another guy, you know, on this entire tour uh, besides Morikawa, you know, to get me from tee to green. As you mentioned with his approach shots and, and his strokes gain, uh, it's elite. And you, can, you can't deny that. We've seen him win before. And we know how good this guy can be. And the fact that he's going to be golfing with the best golfers in the world to go ahead and start this out, uh, I feel really good about that. So you can get him at like 25 to 1, uh, 26 to 1. My only concern now, Uncle Dave, is that he's never actually golfed here at Torrey Pines. But again, you mentioned, you know, he's from Southern California. So my gut feeling is, although he hasn't actually played an event here, that he's been here before and he knows these greens. And I don't know if I want to go ahead and fade him. So I'm going to go ahead and use him as my chalk play. Colin Morikawa at 25 to 1. So there you go, guys. You got our first round leaders. Make a miss to cut head-to-heads. Top 40s, top 20s, top 5s. And our winners. And you got our, our uh, complaints and moans and groans. And guys that we don't even want to think about or talk about. But uh, hopefully Uncle Dave and I will go ahead. We'll deliver once again with our golf podcast. You guys know where to find me on Twitter. At SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to find Uncle Dave at Dave underscore S. And you guys can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck with the U.S. Open. Enjoy the tournament.